Everybody, you are listening to Stacey J sounding off with me, Stacey J Johnson. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be hosting my new podcast for everyone out there who knows me. You know that I am not one to hold my tongue. And I have been sounding off all my life about everything. But for this show, Stacey J sounding off, I'm only going to be sounding off on what has become a big part of what I believe I am actually put on this earth to do. And that is, ladies, helping every woman, including myself, improve the skills to create a healthy romantic relationship, Justina. Yes, we all want relationships. Yes, we all want them built on trust, intimacy, respect, and what? Compassion, security, and all that good stuff, and good communication. But how do we create that, Justina? In a world that, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, glorifies the destination place of love, idolizes marriages, and caters to twos, but doesn't do a damn good job of giving the real on the journey to love, marriage, and living happy together as twos. How are we supposed to do that, right? Right. How do we create healthy romantic relationships? This show, my friends, will honestly, hopefully, help you learn how to do just that. And I'm smiling while I'm saying that because, oh my God, it would be a dream come true if you were able to do that. How do you find you're happy as a single woman or man when you find it? How do you keep it? My goal on this show is to provide you all of that, all of the information to do just that. So let's get into the info and let's start doing the work. All right. So they call me the fixer. Mm. That's why they call me that. Yeah. Because I help, help people fix their dating, love, relation, and relationship lives, Justina. So you are the Olivia Pope to love, dating, and relationships. Oh, I mean, okay, yeah, I, I'm that. Yeah. I, I would also like to say, honestly, I'm the minister <laughs> at the church <laughs> of making love work and creating ha- healthy, happy, romantic love. Yes. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I might as well go ahead and introduce my associate producer, Justina, and she's my mentee. She's a Howard alum, and she has a passion for love and relationships, and um, she's just so amazing to me. Hey, Justina. (laughs) Hey, Stacey. How art thou? I am good. I'm so happy to be on this podcast with you. Uh, First time uh, doing a podcast so this is amazing but um i'm glad to be here with an amazing woman giving such great advice and giving us the keys women we need the keys so exactly exactly so i could give you this whole scoop on who i am as far as how i my personal journey here but let me just say this i was born into my mother was married five times my mother passed away when she was 56 and she said before she passed that she wanted to show me that love works And unfortunately, she didn't she wasn't able to show me before she passed away that love works. But it has been my mission and my passion to really find how love works, because for me, I love my mother to death, but I don't want to be married five times. No, that's not me. All right. 
that that's not my life. And so after she passed, I asked myself for many years, what you gonna do, Stacy? You wanna keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Although you although you didn't get married five times, you have been in long relationships. Wow. Okay. So are we gonna keep doing that or are we gonna do something different? You know? So I have since then dedicated my whole life to providing women the tools they need to build healthy relationships. And it's led you to so many opportunities. Now, I've seen you've done a lot. <laughs> Essence, Good Day DC, NBC, CBS, Black Enterprise, Vibe, News One with Roland Martin, Fox, BET, and Good Morning Washington. What haven't you done? Girl, honestly, my passion, <laughs> again, is providing the tools. You are the tool provider. I guess I am the tool provider. I am All the right. Olivia Pope. All right. <laughs> and I am the minister of creating healthy relationships. I love it. Yes. I believe all of that. So you guys, you know what? Let the journey begin. This first show is we're going to be talking about how to love. Now, the idea for this first show came to me when I was on the treadmill, girl, Justina. Girl, I was working out. I was working right out. Now. I had that treadmill on five, girl. I was mm. going. I was going. And what you was listening to? I was listening to How to Love by Lil Wayne. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh. And I came up with the idea. I said, how to love. You know, because, you know, he says, um, I'm not no rapper, but he says, you never credit yourself. So when you got older, it seems like you came back 10 times over. Now you're sitting here in this damn corner, looking through all your thoughts and looking over your shoulder. See, you had a lot of crooks try to steal your heart. Never really had luck. Couldn't figure out how to love. Can't even figure out the words. Can't even figure it out. But I came up with that idea to talk about this because how do we love? Mm. How do we? And what I wanted to do is I, I ran into a wonderful woman. Her name is Dr. Joanne Davila. And Dr. Joanne Davila is a professor of psychology and the director of clinical training in the Department of Psychology at Stony Brook University. She has an amazing book called The Thinking Girl's Guide to the Right Guy, How Knowing Yourself Can Help You Navigate Dating, Hookups, and Love. She's a licensed psychologist. I looked at her on her TEDx talk, mm -hmm. and she had trillions of views wow and when i found her she talks about the skills for healthy re healthy romantic relationships so we are going to have dr joe is what i'm going to call her <laughs> up next to talk about creating healthy romantic relationships y'all it's how to love dr davila how are you I'm good. Thank you so much for uh, having me here today. I'm really excited about this. Absolutely. So for this call, just know, because I'm, I'm a sister girl, so I always shorten things. So your name is now Dr. Joe. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Just for this call. So first of all, I want to thank you. Oh, my gosh. I had an opportunity to look at your TED Talk, um, Skills for Romantic, Healthy Romantic Relationships. And one of the things that attracted me to your story and to what you do is because this whole show is about being healthy romantic relationships. Just like we have the skills that we, we build to go out and get the best jobs. And then we, you know, we go to high school and we go to college and all of these things. There's a skill set needed, but none of us are learning the skill set to really make romantic relationships work. I really think that you and I share some very similar ideas about what women need to be focused on and, you know, the choices that they need to make. I really love your idea about um, women sort of giving their precious gift of monogamy away much too quickly before they even mm -hmm. know whether the person is deserving. That is such a key idea. It's so smart. We think that 
our giving our bodies shows that we are connected and, and that you are deserving of us before you even do the work. <laughs> you deserve it. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Okay, so you brought up two very interesting points during your TED Talk. It's like before you get married, you go to your pastor and you go, we're getting married, and then they put you through this six- or eight-week course of premarital counseling. Exactly. The next time, we usually get counseling in, 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 as, a, as a couple when there's a problem. Now, yeah. why, why are those two, why are those two times specifically you mentioned too late in your opinion to create healthy romantic relationships? Yeah, I mean, they're too late because basically we have already chosen a partner that we've decided to commit our life to. And if we've chosen the wrong person, then premarital counseling, couple therapy really can't help us. I mean, the whole industry of, of this is based on the idea that a relationship starts once you commit to somebody. In my opinion, a relationship starts well before that, and we need to figure out whether that relationship should start at all. So if someone's made a bad partner choice, either because they didn't know what they really needed and so they picked someone that wasn't quite right for them, or they, you know, they just fell in love and thought, well, that's it, you know, I have these feelings of love, or maybe they were insecure and needed to be loved themselves, those are not places to begin a relationship. That's not starting a relationship from a place that's going to give that relationship a real chance to work. So if you go in and you come then to your premarital counseling and you're insecure or you've, you know, not really thought about who this person is past just loving them, how's it going to work? I mean, suddenly you find out things that maybe will never be able to be resolved for you. And so um, we need to really step back and get people making better choices before they make that commitment. I was going to be engaged with this person because we were starting, you know, marital counseling next week, or if yeah. there's a problem and I need it rectified, or mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want to lose this person, what would you suggest to that person? What would they do now? Yeah, I think it's still worth to go and get that counseling, but I think what would need to be looked at in that counseling directly are the issues that the person is concerned about. So if if somebody's already married, then they should certainly go for marital counseling and be really honest about what the issues are to see if they can be worked on. Oftentimes, once people are married, and particularly if there's children, there's lots of barriers to getting out of relationships that, you know, are really difficult choices for people. But if someone's not yet made that final commitment, if someone's in the stage of that, I think it's really important for everyone to really look very carefully about who this person is that they are about to make this commitment to, whether they're really getting what they want, and um, really think it through carefully because there is still time to make a different choice. People get really afraid, like, no one's ever going to love me, or what if I won't find somebody, or how can I hurt this other person? But the reality is that both people deserve to be with someone that's right for them. And there's no reason for either person to stay in a situation where right from the beginning there's, you know, there's red flags that suggest that this is not going to work. But I think that singles at this point, speaking towards what you just said, Dr. Joe, we have the opportunity to make another choice. Most times people are married when you do say I do or when you – 
are in such a, a, a committed relationship where then you already have kids together, but you just never really got married, but you're living together. Here is a time singles where you have an opportunity to say, you know what, stop, put the brakes on, hold on, let me look at this thing just a little bit closer. And, if, and, and honestly, if the guy is not willing to look at it closer, then that should be a red flag in itself. Like, what are we doing? Because we know Absolutely. there's a problem and we're still willing to move further into the problem and either get married or continue a dysfunctional relationship. So we have to think outside of the box. And now, ladies, you just have to build up the courage to say to him, I'm going to put the brakes on this. But I'm, exactly putting the right. brake, I'm putting the brakes on for a great reason. And what is that? Because I'm putting myself first and I'm putting this relationship first because I want it to be something that we win in, not just say I'm in a relationship. What other ways you suggest we teach people how to have healthy relationships? Yeah, well, right right now, the main place that we have, you know, our ideas is, is the book. And so, you know, if anyone's interested, reading the book is really outlined. We have a whole step-by-step, you know, skills-based way for people to um, think through what they need and, you know, what they want to do in relationships and what they want to get from relationships. So it is, it is a really new way of thinking about relationships um, because we, we, we typically don't think about teaching people these kinds of things. So what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to do here um, at my university is I'm teaching workshops for college students to learn how to have healthy relationships. Um, my co-author and I are working on some additional books because we really want to get the word out there. Um, but step one that anyone can really start to do by themselves is to kind of take a personal inventory, kind of step back and think about what are the key needs that I have. And I don't just mean wants, like, oh, I want somebody who has this kind of job or this kind of education. I think about what are the key needs that I have in terms of what's important in my life. Do I want someone there who to support me um, emotionally? Do I need that? Do I need somebody who can help me in certain ways? Like, what are the what are the things that that you need. And the more we can start to see what those things are, those can start to be our guide for who to choose and whether we're getting those things met in a relationship. So step one is really just thinking about, kind of thinking about yourself and really doing a good personal inventory. I think that sometimes um, we don't ask ourselves those questions. We just kind of end up in a relationship. And you brought up some key questions to ask yourself while you're going through this process of even thinking about getting into a relationship or things that you do even before it. And just, you know, as a single person who is dating, asking yourself what you need. And I think that's so important. How do we make romantic relationships work? I've discovered, Dr. Joe, that I've never asked myself, was I happy? in any of the relationships yeah. I was in. It's so interesting that you say that because one of the things that we talk about is when, in order to identify like what, you know, whether, whether something's working or not, we have to pay attention to our emotions. And step one is figuring out if you are happy or not, right? If, you, if there's something inside of you saying, I am unhappy about something, then that means that there's a conflict there, that, that your needs and your partner's needs are in conflict and you need to step back and think about, you know, what is it that, what's my need? What do I need? And what does my partner need here? And why are those things in conflict that are, you know, in a way that's making me unhappy? And, you know, that's a really key part of conflict resolution. It's not just about, um, 
you know, knowing how to talk differently to each other, which is important, no doubt. But it's really about understanding what that conflict is and why we have it. You know, what, what do I want? What does this other person want? And is there a way for each of us to, like, look better at each other's perspective, to take, to step out of our own perspective and say, what, what's going on with my partner now? And really start to understand what that conflict is. And once you can understand what the conflict is, then you can decide, is this something that I'm willing to go forward and try and work on? Or is this something that's never going to work for me? And, you know, my unhappiness is, is never going to go away, basically. So if you're in a relationship, because it's a two-way street, you're reading your book, you're feeling it, you're like, oh, my gosh, she is right on. I definitely need to, I need to, I, I am so happy I have this in my life right now. And you're doing your study and the exercises, but you're in a relationship with someone who's not doing that. How do you navigate that situation? Yeah. Well, I think there's two things. First of all, you can teach your partner how to do these things. And I don't mean necessarily sit them down and say, I'm going to teach you this. But in mm-hmm. the way you behave, in the way you talk with them, you can start to model, you know, healthy ways to interact with each other. And you also can talk directly about, you know, hey, I, you know, this is what I'm working on or here's how I think we should approach our conflict. So you really can, you know, work with your partner in that way where the two of you can, can, you know, start to work together in this. And the key thing is this. If your partner is open to that, if they're willing to listen to what you have to say, um, that's a good sign. So a really bad sign is when you have a partner that doesn't understand what we call mutuality. Mm-hmm. And mutuality means that you understand that there's two people in this relationship, both people have needs, and both people's needs deserve to get met. Right. If some, if you understand that, you can be in a relationship where the other person actually cares about you and is interesting and interested in meeting your needs and you know wants to make sure you're happy. Right. And vice versa. But if you're in a relationship where that other person doesn't understand mutuality, where they're sort of like, it's my way, this is the way it's done, I don't care about what you think or feel, then that's a really bad sign. That might be a relationship that you shouldn't stay in because you everybody needs to be with a partner who can understand mutuality, who wants to understand you and take care of you and meet your needs as well as getting their own needs met. I don't want yeah. a, a woman to think that if she goes to her guy and she's like, you know, trying to get this conversation going, you know, how does she get him to the other side with that without the woman stuff being put, you know, yeah. oh, God, here she comes. With yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, is, it is tough because people can speak different languages, that's for sure. Now, these conversations don't necessarily have to be long or drawn out or overly mm. emotional. They can be very straightforward and practical. Like, you know, mm. right now in this moment, I don't think you're really hearing what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. it's important for me in this relationship that you hear me. So let me try and say it again, right? You can, you can be pretty straightforward, pretty direct. Um, you know, I have a partner who's really good at this, but he's not a big, long conversation talker. We just have very, you know, brief kind of, I say what I got to say. He responds back. And then I, you know, I trust it. I sort of say, oh, let me see, let me see if it comes out in his behavior. And if it does, all right, there's nothing else to talk about for that, you know, at that moment. But if, if it doesn't come out in his behavior, then I'm going to revisit it again. So, 
you have to, you know, you have to sort of be strategic in mm-hmm. how you, you know, how you're communicating and you got to give the person a little time and space to see if they can make that change. And you mm-hmm. got to think about what the right, you know, what the right language is so that you can really, um, so they can hear them. you. Yeah. You want to meet them where they are. Two other skills that you need to build to have a better romantic competence. So she talked about mutuality and then you have two more. What are the other two? Yeah, so one of them is called insight. And I've been referring to this in different ways throughout our talk here today. And this is really about awareness. It's about knowing yourself, understanding who you are, what you need, kind of what drives you. And then also knowing the other person, working to develop insight about them. Who are they? What's good about them? What's not so good about them? What are their needs? And it's this insight that's so important in the early stages of making a partner choice because we have to really go in with wide open eyes and not just get blinded by all the, you know, the romance up front and just keep working to develop this insight. Who is this person? What are the things that are going to be problems for us? What are the things that in a month I'm going to think this is so annoying, right? We want to get these things up front so that we can then say like, Am I willing to do this? Yeah, you know what? I'm willing. It's worth it because there's all these other good things. Or, you know what? That's the thing that's going to drive me crazy. I'm never going to be okay with that. Insight lets us really see these things early on. So it's super important. You know what? You lead me to think think about, I, I do a lot of talks around the country with women, and one of the things that they don't do is take their time. Oh, my God. They meet a guy, and it's four or five dates. Hey, I'm all of you. You, you're, I mean, I'm, take me. And I always say, give it time. Slow down. If he wants you, he's going to want you if you wait. And if you picture in your mind, the waiting is for you. You're not moving until you get what you need. So get some insight from what you're just saying, Dr. Joe, on who you are, who he is, and who you guys are together before you rush through this thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, what in the world, right? Stacey J., you are so right. You are so absolutely right. There is no rush out there. Slow down. Take your time. Find the right person that way. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, and the third one. What's the third one? The third one is called emotion regulation. And this Mm. is all about us learning how to manage all those feelings that come with relationships, right? All the positive ones like love and, 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 and attraction and passion and all the negative ones like anger and sadness and hurt and insecurity and anxiety, right? We have tons of feelings in relationships and they can change pretty rapidly. So emotion regulation is about, like, knowing how to keep yourself calm, knowing how to take kind of a low-drama approach to relationships. Right? One of the things I, I think is really important is it, we have to be careful not to sort of act out our anxieties mm-hmm. with our partner, right? We can have all sorts of anxieties. Do they like me? What do they think? You know, all those kinds of things. Acting those out, nobody likes that. It doesn't benefit anybody. We need to sort of step back and think, you know, what, what are those anxieties? What am I afraid of? What am I upset about? And then really approach those in a much more sort of 
clear way, uh, either by, you know, sorting them out in our head and recognizing that we're just being anxiety driven or by saying our part, you know, Here, here's what my concern is, you know, is this happening? What's going on? Right. That's a, a healthier approach than just kind of letting our emotions run away with us and take over. Where is the romanticism? Where, where does that go? Does everything, yeah. you know, what happens with that? Does that relationship, although now I might be more um, knowledgeable about my skill set and what I'm doing and mutuality and insight and emo- what is it, emotional? Emotional regulation. Emotional regulation. regulation. So then, I mean, you know, what about romanticism? And I do want to yeah. feel like, yeah, what, where does that go? Yeah. Well, it still needs to be there because this is not just about some really sort of practical anti-love, you know, uh, kind of thing. And then, then, then there's, you know, you lose something so important in the relationship. You want to have the love. You want to have the romance. You want to have all those fabulous, tingly feelings. And you want to have them with the right person. So really what it's about is yeah. not just getting so caught up in the romantic part that you don't do the good evaluation of whether this is the person who's mm. deserving of all those wonderful feelings that you have. So when, when you are getting a better sense that this is the person who's deserving, then yeah, it's so beautiful to have that experience with someone. But you know, when, if and when you learn that it is not the person who's deserving, that's when you have to use that emotion regulation. Say, so, you know what? I have all this, these feelings of love and all that. I'm super attracted to this person, but they don't deserve all this from me because they are not able to give me what I need. So it's a balance. It's a real balance there. I totally agree with you with that because I think that when we do only concentrate on the romantic part, we don't ask ourselves those questions. So then we end up in these relationships. Most of us do. That's why the divorce ratio is 50%. But, you know, we end up in these crazy relationships and we stop and we look at these things. Then it, it might lessen the romanticism at that point. But God, thank it because it's not built. If you haven't taken the time, ladies, to go so far into this to where now it's it's now not when it knocks you at your head, it starts to interrupt your life, causing you anxiety, causing you stress. And then what happens? Your life takes a horrible spiral down when you could have just listened to the tap. Okay, so Dr. Joe, how young do you think we should start teaching kids about romantic competence? College students are, they're ready for this stuff. They want this information. They're making these decisions. But personally, I would love to see uh, us be able to teach this to kids in high school um, where they're just starting to learn about this kind of stuff. I mean, well, actually, they're learning about it much before that, but where it's more salient for them. And honestly, mm-hmm. the more we get the message out, the more people understand this, the better adult relationships people have that then their kids can see, like you're saying, right, with you and your mom, you know. Mm-hmm. If kids can start to see the people in their lives having healthy relationships, they're going to learn about it that way too. And so, you know, we have to start young, teaching them young, both in formal ways and just in our families and stuff like that. So, um you know, insight, mutuality, and emotion regulation, they really are skills that can be used in lots of different relationships. And if we approach all of our relationships in these kinds of ways, 
I think will be in general have healthier, healthier relationships. And uh, that's, you know, that's a good thing for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I totally agree. All right, guys, this is Stacey J sounding off and that is Dr. Joanne Davila. Now, you can go get her book, The Thinking Girl's Guide to the Right Guy, How Knowing Yourself Can Help You Navigate Dating, Hookups, and Love. And Dr. Joe, can you give us like your website, your Facebook, and all that stuff? Absolutely. So our Facebook page is Thinking Girl's Guide to Right Guy. It's like that, one word. You'll find us on Facebook that way. And our website is www.skillsforhealthyrelationships.com. All right, everybody, up next is one of my favorite segments of the show. It's the Ask Stacy J segment. And what happens during this segment is people call in from all over the world um, and leave a question, and then I answer it. So if you have a question that you want answered on my Stacey J Sounding Off show, please do, don't hesitate, call the number 424-239-9256, and your question may be answered live on the show. Hey, Stacey J, my name is Lisa, and I am calling from Manhattan. Here is my Ask Stacey J question. Okay, so now that I have, for a long time, I've resisted dating multiple men, and I started doing it recently, and I am really enjoying it. So my question is, I do want to be in a committed relationship. However, because I'm enjoying dating multiple men, how do I stop? How do I realize, okay, this is the guy? Because I'm thinking that every time I meet another going to be better than the last guy. So it's like playing the lottery. I'm, I'm just wanting to play over and over and over again, thinking I'm going to get a bit better ticket the next time. So help me out with that. Okay, Lisa, girl, and I'm just going to keep it real, real with you. It doesn't sound like you're ready for a relationship. It doesn't. It sounds like you're having a great time, and that's good. That's fine. That's fun. It, I mean, it's nothing wrong with being at a place in your life right now where you want to just date. Date, 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 date. Now, what I would tell you is that you want to date with some type of direction. You want to grow through your dates. Dating should be fun, but dating should also you should learn something new and different about yourself on each date. You should even get closer to the things that you like versus the things that you don't like so that when you are ready to have and position yourself to find the love that you want and deserve, then you have more information about who you are so you're not just dating aimlessly. You're ready for a relationship right now. I would say that while you're on these dates, be Intentional with your questions, um, be intentional with finding out their values, finding out their goals, finding out if your values and your goals align with their values and goals. You're having a great time. You're growing through these dates, and you're getting more familiar with what you want so that then when you do move to the place where you are ready to position yourself for someone, you know more about what you want. You see what I'm saying? But until then, girl, date, 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 date. Mm. I love a girl that is enjoying herself on dates. All right, so what's our next question? Hi, Stacey J. This is Sharon Jackson. I have a question. Okay, so 
My guy and I were really, really good friends for a long time. And then we kind of had a sexual experience, I guess that's what you call it, yeah. And now I like him a lot, but we didn't agree that we would be boyfriend and girlfriend. And so we're really still just friends, but we are still having a sexual experience. And I'm wondering if it would be wrong for me to tell him that I want more. But I feel like if I tell him I want more, then I'll be, like, breaking our agreement because when we started having sex, we were just friends. Friends having sex, that is always a very interesting situation to be in. You know what I would tell you, Sharon, that, first of all, you didn't have an agreement. You said you don't want to go back on your agreement. From your question, I don't even think you had an agreement. What you did was put yourself in a situation with someone who is a friend, a sexual situation, and now you guys are kind of just having sex. It's okay to sit down and have another conversation about where you are right now. What you don't want to do is put yourself in a situation where the friendship is now challenged and you're looking for him to deliver certain things that, In friendship, he wouldn't have to deliver, meaning, you know, whatever those things are that for you work for people in a relationship with you, meaning you don't want to hurt the relationship by not being honest with where you are. So, yes, go back to the drawing board. If he is your friend, then say, hey, friend, oh, my gosh, since we started having sex, this is what I'm feeling, and I'm feeling like I want more, and y'all talk about it as friends. Now, what that will show you is what kind of friend he is. If he dismisses you and says, girl, stop playing, or, you know, is dismissive about what you're feeling, then you know that gives you information about who he is. It will take courage, you know. So hopefully you guys will see and see where it all ends up, and feel free to call me back. All right, you guys, so this next segment of the show is called Tea Time with Tina. So what's the tea, Tina? (laughs) All right, Stacey. Well, recently, Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris decided to call it a quit after eight years of marriage. The two announced their breakup on social media, agreeing and compromising that they still have love and mutual respect for one another. However, they decided to split due to differences in what a family looks like. So fans are heartbroken, but how do you feel about this, Stacey? Well, you know what, Justina, for me, key to to what you just said is, they have differences in what a family looks like. Now, first time, let me say this. Usually what happens is the people who are married, they stay together because even though they may have differences on what the family looks like, they feel that for the kids, that's the best thing to do. When then the kids turn out as dysfunctional as the mom and dad were because they can see that mom and dad aren't happy together. They're not even agreeing on everything. They don't even agree on how we even as a family should be. So then they take that dysfunction on to their own romantic relationship. And the, you see what I'm saying? And the saga continues, the divorce rate continues to go up, and nobody's happy. So for me, hats off to Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris for taking a chance and saying, hey, we're going to honestly, we know that our kids may go through some changes because they're used to us being together. 
But what we're going to take the chance at doing is doing this so because we know that at the end of the day, they're going to turn out better kids because then we're going to be better co-parents than we are parents living together. So hats off to them. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. You, it, it, it's, it's a good thing for me. It's a good thing. I hate to see a family dismantled like that, but at the end of the day, I think the kids are going to be better off. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I know everyone's not happy because they're a famous couple that people feel like, you know, are bagels. But, you know, sometimes people got to call it quits. They got to do what's best for them. But moving on to who's dating who, J-Lo is now dating A-Rod. The two have been dating for a couple of months now, and J-Lo has expressed her love for Mr. A-Rod by posting a video of the two riding in A-Rod's vintage convertible, listening to old 80s music. Stacey, what do you think about J-Lo's new love interest? Are you here for it? Oh, girl, I am so here for it. Go, J-Lo. Let me tell you something about the single lady that J-Lo is, honey. J-Lo is my kind of single woman because I always tell single woman the best single woman you can be today will determine the, be- the best wife you can be. Because if you're not living your single life like it's golden, honey, there are some, going to be some things that you feel like as a wife you have missed. So then you're going to be acting like and being foolish as a wife. So good for J-Lo because J-Lo, first of all, she's not even concerned about all of us knowing that she's been with this one and that one and that one and the other 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 one. What she is more concerned with is J-Lo. And like I tell single women out here worried about what everybody else is thinking about, if they're dating more than one guy and all of this stuff, and if they're going, child, who cares about what everybody thinks? Live your life for you. And for me, as far as I'm concerned, J-Lo is living her life for J-Lo, honey. (laughs) I got you. I'm living for J-Lo and her new boo. As long as she's not dating my man Drake, (laughs) we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, girl, don't hold your breath. All right, so that's it. That's the end of our first episode. So, Justina, I don't know. I feel kind of great. What about you? Awesome. So exciting. Yes, girl, we did it. Oh, my God, it's been so much work, but I'm so excited. We finally got it done, and there's so many other great things that we're going to be talking about on following episodes. But you know what? Make sure you all sign up to be added to my newsletter to get really great free giveaways on my website. And my website is justdategirl.com. And in closing, I have to leave you with the One Million Single Women Empowerment Pledge. And this pledge, ladies, Honestly, I believe in mantras, and I believe that mantras are very powerful, and I pray that you incorporate this mantra into your lives. It goes like this. I am a single woman. I am not desperate. I am not depressed, and I'm not just settling for any man who comes my way, no matter how much women outnumber men. I accept love in my life the right way, my way, from a man who deserves me. I, Stacey J. Johnson, accept the One Million Single Women Pledge. Will you? Hopefully you guys will incorporate that mantra and, of course, include your name at the end. In closing, thanks for listening. And remember, the love you desire and deserve, ladies, is absolutely available to you. Until next time, happy loving. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Time to go. What? Wait a minute. We're not going. Oh, yeah. Loved this episode of Stacey J. Sounding Off? Head over 
to JustDateGirl.com and subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or tune in from our web address. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive free giveaways and invites to Stacey J's events held across the country.